Hello, everybody. Del further episode. Um, we don't, you know, it's a it's a running gag on the show that I don't know what episode it is because I can't count. Math so is hard. Um, but what isn't hard is downloading PUBG, and now I have probably or at least my favorite caster. But I'm a little bit biased because I think we have a little bit of history. But you know, Matram comes from. The Overwatch community, way back when. Many and moons ago. Many moons, yes, yes, yes. But, you know, we had run into each other, shared some some friendly DMs, and I've always wanted to make content with him. And now he's doing big things, kind of leading the PUBG charge. And, you know, I I, I snagged him for a, for a quick little interview in between, you know, doing his uh, national, what is it, what is it, the NPL, the... The National PUBG League, is that right? Yes, because awesome. the originally it was going to be like the, uh, what is it, North America PUBG League or something like that. But right. it, seemed, it almost created like, a, uh, I think it was PAL or something was the original one oh, that they wanted no. to go with. Because there's the, yeah, Player Unknowns European League is one version of it. And it was mm. going to be the Player Unknowns America League. And everybody was like, we get to be the PALs. And they were like, no, we're changing that <laughs> no. shit real quick. <laughs> That's that's actually super funny that like people or, or companies kind of like make sure they think about like the branding to that level where it's like, you know, this probably would be the best title, but because it acronymizes into like this weird like pals or like some other, um, you know, not necessarily uh, insensitive, but, you know, you don't want anything too crazy, but it's, it's good that at least companies think of that stuff, but you know, how, how have you been, dude? You know, it's, it's been a long time since we've kind of crossed paths. Good. Uh, you've been out there killing it. Been really, really freaking busy to say the least. Um, well, I know a lot of people like to meme about PUBG esports. Really, it's actually just the main subreddit for PUBG, mm. but like, uh, if you look at viewership across the board, like people actually really enjoy watching. I mean, I've been, I've been home i think it was like we did some math from like june or actually it was like may until uh december i was home four weekends sure just because the amount of travel and random things that were going on it's been absolutely insane now that that's it's weird because i think esports is like super kind of demanding in a weird way because it still kind of feels like the wild west and it's like okay you know if you're in and we kind of like bring you in we need you like everywhere at all times so like if and feel free if you don't want to kind of dive into this but like i know that you're married and you have a child like that's not too okay i I did not know that you know congratulations um you know is that kind of taxing like how does that go into your personal life at all is it is it bother you is it kind of stressing um it it's weird because like mm. uh for those of you guys that know me from the overwatch scene like you do naturally uh i was a single parent for a very long ah. period of time and then i met somebody else that had a kid got along great okay got married so it, it's caused a lot of lifestyle changes to say the least mm. like i was still working a full-time job in addition to casting up until the beginning of December. Mm. So it got to a point where my wife had to quit her job, but the, uh, it's kind of nice for her, but she's never been used to not having a job, you know? So she's kind of stir crazy. (laughs) The bigger problem that we actually face is the leaving. Like whenever Mm. I have to go, like the kids, it just, it hits you in the feelings. There's like all these little things that you miss. Like there was a, um, um, it, it, it's kind of a funny story because uh, my daughter is 11, so she's moving into middle school and stuff awesome. like that. And uh, there was a father-daughter, father-son mm. like, 
breakfast at the school. Sure. And she was talking to her friends and she's like, oh, yeah, my dad can't do it because he does esports stuff and he has to travel a lot. And like everybody in her school just was like, you know, how middle schoolers are and they over exaggerate. They're like, oh, no, that can't be true. And she was like, no, look, here's a picture of your dad. So then (laughs) I I got home a day early, actually, on this event and I went to go pick her up. Uh And so I drove up to the school. And she comes walking up and you see like her friends or the people in her class back behind her. They like look over and then look back over me. Look who picks her up. And they kind of look to the side and they're like, oh, That's it awesome. actually does do it. Because there's a lot of people in her age bracket that actually don't like Fortnite and like PUBG more. So really? kudos to the generation. You do have some taste. Hmm, interesting. PUBG sneaking in like the, what, 11 to 15 demographic? Uh, yeah, mainly anything that's older than kids that want to floss. That's pretty much what it comes beautiful, to. Beautiful, beautiful, you know, because that was... Ticket. That was beautiful on the uh, Times Square New Year's Eve. We're just trying to get everybody to floss. Yeah, yeah. And every was, single uh... Fortnite event. No no harm against Fortnite. I sure, of course. Like you know, we meme, but, Fortnite, you know. But, I mean, it's kind of like that whole League of Legends Dota thing. Yes, it's yes. going to happen between Fortnite and PUBG. You just kind of have to, like, banter with each other back and forth exactly. a little bit. It's just friendly. Mm. You know, no harm. Yeah, no harm. I mean, I've only... Well, uh, Taking up a couple of pot shots to some of the casters back and forth. It's kind of fun, though, you know? (laughs) Of course, of course. So as we've kind of preluded to before uh, at the start of the show, you know, you obviously came from Overwatch, or at least you kind of had your your Mm -hmm. starts in Overwatch. Is that necessarily true, though? Like, were you following any other esports before that? You know, were you involved in any other other scenes before Overwatch, at least to Uh, my knowledge? I actually got my start watching uh, League of Legends, and that's kind of where I kind of came in from. Mm. And then I started trying to cast League of Legends, but naturally it's like Riot kind of controls everything over there. So you did some community casts and whatnot. Didn't necessarily let any of my friends know or any of that style of stuff. Sure. But uh, really, it was community building was what I first got active in because I didn't have time being a single parent. Sure. And I went to school for video game programming, but I went to school on a theater and debate scholarship. So, like, the more I got involved inside of esports, everybody was like, Matt, you should start casting. You have, like, this voice for it. And I was mm-hmm. like, eh, I don't know. We'll have to see. I always sucked at improv, so we'll have to see how this goes out. Then finally, one day, I just I just start doing it. So, do, like, helping out. Like, I think one of our casters for one of the community events was sick. And I was like, sure. And then I got really into Overwatch while I was working on a couple of other games. And got a chance to really work on the ground floor of helping build up a couple of those communities. And next thing you know, it's just, like slowly and steadily built from there that's awesome so we start in league you know and that's that's the beauty of kind of esports is that everybody kind of it's cliche to say everybody starts somewhere and it's it's Mm -hmm. cool to see like the transition between games and for a lot of people myself included those games tend to be shared so we you know it's it's just another new top talking point that you can kind of talk to somebody with. It's like, okay, we like esports. What games do we like? Or what games well, do we share in common? That kind of thing. What's really funny is, like, uh, naturally, I knew I wasn't experienced enough at that stage while I was doing the Overwatch stuff to ever sure. have a chance at the Overwatch well, League. I, I needed that. to, like, do more lands and do all that other stuff. Sure. Well, I, I needed to cut my teeth more. You know what I mean? I would, fair, like, fair. there's certain things that whenever you're looking at a league, it's just got to have, you, you want to bring in people that have had a lot of experience. Sure. So, uh, that's whenever I decided to make the jump over to PUBG. What's mm. really crazy is there was a lot of people that I used to cast inside of Overwatch that also made the transition around the same time. So, like, a lot of the signed players for PUBG, I actually cast in a lot of the amateur and beginning events inside of Overwatch as well. So the carryover is actually really large. Like, as far as people like that may recognize, uh, I've cast Winghaven in a ton of PUBG Oh, events. really? 
Uh, yeah, he, he shows up and he's played in a lot of the streamer based events. There was a lot of people that competed inside of like the Academy stuff and mm. the, uh, the Cal league from way back in the day, okay. they made their transition over. And a couple of those guys are like signed to, uh, well, they were signed to optic brand going with why attempt fate, which is just an awesome branding. They got like all the Chinese lettering. <laughs> yeah, I saw they that. know, they know that there's so many players in China that you want to make sure that you brand mm -hmm. all your stuff to try to get that extra little bit of money from them. It's a smart play from that. Yeah. I mean, that's that's been a we we can maybe save that for another time. But uh, China is a region, I think, is we're starting to see in esports really start to get developed. Mm -hmm. um, and, oh, and that's a doubt. big, big, big move, I think. Um, but yeah, so you kind of touched on it there. But um, let's kind of explore that a little bit further. You know, um, what really drew you to PUBG? Was it a game that you were playing at the time? You know, what? Why? Why transition over? What was the big draw there? To be honest, I was just really enjoying playing it at the time. Okay. And this was back before there were any other battle royals, because I'm talking like, yeah. uh, I was trying to get involved. I was involved before there were even custom lobbies. Mm. So I was trying to map it out, and I was working with a couple other people that I knew that did production stuff, and just trying to figure out how to properly produce mm. an event like this. Because, like, you know, as a prime example, just spectating mm. is such a I huge bet. difference. I mean, there, there's like if you look at like Overwatch maps or CS:GO mm -hmm. maps, you have these pads that you can kind of look down. With PUBG, that doesn't happen. There's like nope. kilometers that you have to cover, and so in addition to trying to find like that right cosmetic angle, you have to get a feeling for how the teams work and find those right angles and try to make it look as pretty as possible. And it was just this really cool challenge to try to figure out at that stage because it was like kind of trailblazing. And it's been really interesting to see that progression and really see like spectators stepping up. Like I think that while casting is a big part of uh, PUBG, mm -hmm. spectators make or break PUBG. And I want to say Fortnite to a degree and all other battle royales because man, they have to be so on point all the time. Now, what I now that I've noticed or from what you just said there, uh, something that I noticed and and maybe you can clarify a little bit more is that during the NPL. Um, which mm -hmm. is the the North American side of like this big like um, push from I'm I believe it's like Blue Hole Corp that is is pushing this this big initiative for PUBG esports um, for the North American side of things that is being kind of run by OGN. Um, each of the rounds, um, there's a focus on four teams. Mm -hmm. Now I haven't been too keen and and paying attention, but. Do you only go back and forth between those four teams during spectating, or is there like some exceptions? Could you kind of dig that's in? Kind of, that's kind of the conversation topic. Okay. Right now. okay. The, like the premise behind it is one of the hardest parts about battle royales is it's hard to care about certain teams, mm. right? Because there's teams that are active at any given point. Like usually, you know, like you're gonna have this team versus this team, and like just to make the Overwatch comparison, you sure. know, like you have the content pieces where it shows them like practicing and talking to each other, and they have like you know the voiceover content. You can't run 16 of those every single time. So just getting to know all the teams is kind of a problem. So OGM was like, all right, let's try to follow certain teams as much as we can. So they're, we're trying to follow their story all the way through which kind of creates certain problems at other times because not always are we following like the best teams and that's going to annoy certain viewers or naturally it's going to be like, there'll be a big fight that's happening somewhere else. And these, none of these four teams that we're following are involved. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to figure out how to balance that, right? Like at what point do we step away from it? And that's a big conversation that everybody inside of OGN is having right now. And naturally everybody's looking for feedback on that. And that's one of the reasons why at the start of every show we're like, Hey, 
go to OGNesports.com or go to Twitter and tell us, hey, you like it, or hey, maybe stop at this point. You know, everybody's just, they want everybody involved in the conversation sure. on how to properly do it. Interesting, interesting. And and like we've kind of, you know, foreshadowed there, again, this is OGN's big um, breakout into something that isn't a MOBA and, you know, obviously, you know, rest in peace, Overwatch. Um, and, the first foothold in North America. Uh, that's, on yeah. That's a big thing. Like, I don't know. If you watch the thing, we're actually inside of, like, a full-on blown movie studio mm-hmm. where they're, like, filming, like, the big stuff around us. So you'll like step outside and you'll see somebody in costume and you're like, Oh, is that, is that star Wars stuff going on? You know, like you have to like have these conversations with it, but I mean, the, the venue is beautiful and it's crazy to see them make that jump over towards North America Mm. for the first time, because that's one of the things as a third party producer, like naturally whenever it's just like a game is developing their own esports scene that they tend to put a little bit more money into it sure. style you know what they want but having ogn be that third party production mm-hmm. unit that's something that i think north america's needed for a while and and it's this is this is a legendary company that comes from years and years of doing you know whether it's starcraft one starcraft two mm-hmm. like i mentioned league overwatch you name it they've done it even titles that haven't even permeated over into the western kind of pop culture phenomena but you know, it is a big deal that they're putting on and they're putting out this much money and building a whole new studio that's absolutely gorgeous. And if you haven't seen it, please go take a look. And they're they're I think they're probably one of the best companies at integrating this like a this new kind of push for AR. Yeah. And, you know, just I don't, I don't want to, you know, gush about it too much, but talk to me about like this, this plane setup where it'll like come over and it'll show like how the plane flew, like explain that to the listeners that might not be familiar with it. All right. So they're actually pulling every single bit of packet data that they can. So mm-hmm. the amount of information we have, we know distance traveled for really? players. We know how much damage they're doing. We know like their average time that they stay alive. But in addition to that, they're, they're capable of making, they have this 3D render of the map that they can show. And whenever they, they bring it up, it has like the plane path that comes through, shows where it's at. They show where every single player lands inside of that. And then they can also track each player. So then they just find the team that won and also show the path on how they move through the map and how they had to affect around circles. It's really cool. And I got to tell you, I can't can't leak anything. But <laughs> that's not even close really? to the amount of stuff that they're going to do like oh, this okay, is just them starting to play cool. around with it they they got some crazy stuff coming down the line for the for once the actual season starts up right because this is this is something that i have to keep reminding myself this is a preseason it doesn't feel like a preseason it, it's like this big studio like i mentioned you know crazy lcd screens you know you got some of the best teams which i still kind of want to get into because i i wonder why that some teams kind of like drop their teams. I think you mentioned um, the team with the Chinese logo. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Why they played. Fate. Yes. Why tempt fate? I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they previously played for Dignitas. Optic. Optic. Okay. Uh, but Dignitas also did recently drop their team as yes. well. Um, yeah. Could you talk about why teams are, are, are they hesitant? Like, why do you think that more people aren't kind of jumping in? Or do you think they'll jump in during the initial launch of the first season? So let me awkwardly move in my seat here. Okay, so different teams have different rationales, and that's been one of the okay. big things that's been kind of annoying. Is every like everybody tries to put like this blanket across it and say, "Oh, everybody just doesn't like PUBG esports." That's mm-hmm. not the case in the slightest form and fashion. There's a sure. lot of other factors that are going into play. Like mm-hmm. um, prime example, we're presently in the qualifiers to figure out who's actually going to be exactly. in the actual pro season. Um, there's a couple of teams that are kind of hesitant and they go, "Okay." 
we don't know if our teams are going to necessarily make it. So now is like the perfect time for us to kind exactly. of sit back, mm -hmm. wait and see who qualifies, and then pick up maybe one of those teams. That's happening on some cases. On okay. other cases, it's just the organiza organizations are just having financial difficulties at the time. Of course, of course. And so they're having to cut out a lot of their teams. Like, I mean, I mean, Optic just had a big one that was yeah, that I mean, permeated a lot of different esports. So that one's kind of understandable. But yeah, I can totally understand like. You know, we don't want to invest in something that could just go away. Why don't we just pick somebody up that's already in? Well, Seems there's reasonable. also the other side of it is if you're familiar with the H1Z1 Pro League that was happening. Kinda. There were a lot of big promises that came inside that because uh, naturally Battle Royale was kind of falling. Yeah. Everybody knew that the PUBG League was going to be coming. So everybody okay. was kind of looking at how all these other Battle Royale leagues might work. And there was a lot of false promises that came with the h1z1 league mm -hmm. and naturally it was just on facebook there was like some production issues they had a lot of really weird uh, i guess choices as far as their point systems went Good way to put it I guess. and yeah i mean their point system was really really janky and yeah. just because of the fact that that was like the first battle royale system a lot of people are like mm, i don't know if i want to I'm gonna I'm gonna sit back because we're actually running three splits. If you're familiar with League of Legends systems, yeah. there's gonna be three splits in season one. But naturally, OGN isn't necessary. No, it's OGN that's producing it, so you gotta have a little bit of faith. Additionally, a lot of people have kind of looked at the North American and European numbers on viewership and been like, "Oh, I don't know if I like this too much, and how well is it gonna do?" Mm -hmm. But Korea and China, and specifically everything in Asia, like yeah. India, is freaking huge on PUBG really? Mobile right hmm. now, and uh, it's that they could just like they have their own systems and you can almost sustain all of PUBG esports just based off of their viewership alone which is why if you look at what we're doing in north america it's mm -hmm. actually broadcast on everything so that way it can get pushed i think that at some point it's going to be pushed to near on every single point that ogn can potentially push to. wow and that transitions into another point i wanted to talk about you know mm -hmm. doing kind of a a search just for some interesting research topics. You actually did an event in India, so kind of yeah. run that down for me. What was that like? What was PUBG Mobile India? You know, wrap that up for me. All right, this is probably one of the most fun stories okay, I've had beautiful. as far as esports goes. All right, so we'll get started with we get asked to do this for a PUBG Mobile, but PUBG Mobile, PUBG, they're essentially the same game. Just mm -hmm. one's produced by Tencent, one's produced by PUBG Corp. They're exact same maps, play same play style. Blah, 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 blah. Sure. Um, so naturally, they, they pick up PUBG casters. So we're getting ready to go. And everybody forgot the fact that you need to get a visa to oh, no. go into India. So we're sitting here. We're supposed to fly out and mm -hmm. then have a day of rehearsal. And suddenly they're like, nope, hold on. We got to get you guys visas. So we have to do these last minute visas, oh, no. get that situated. The flight from India, because I mean, I usually am Dallas. It was DFW to Chicago to Qatar to uh, Bengaluru. And so it was 27 hours, I believe, 26 or 27 hours of just being on flights. And there was like an hour layover somewhere in the middle of that. So we do this. We land at 2 a.m. India time, have to hop on a Uber, an Indian Uber. So we're riding around and they got like tuk-tuks flying by us down. You can't say interstates because they don't really have them. Sure. Get to the hotel, get, get check in at 4 a.m. Then we have to be back up at the venue at 9 a.m. to start rehearsals because we missed that the day beforehand. Then go into the show, cast for eight hours, turn around and go back, and then go back to our hotels and then get back to the airplane that's supposed to be leaving at 1 a.m. So we spent out of the 72 hours, it was something crazy like 52 hours on plane, 10 hours casting, and like 
three hours in rehearsal. It was just like the biggest whirlwind, like go, 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 go event I've ever done. But that being said, the Indian group was absolutely insane. Just to give you an idea on whenever we talk about this. Sure, sure, sure. There were over a hundred thousand people that applied to play in this event, really? and only college students could play in it. Wow. So it gives you an idea on how big this thing was in India. Like Jeez. they're chomping at the bit to have more esports over there. They really, really like it. So as you're saying, we were we were, you know, big whirlwind of Indian esports, 100,000 people signing up, and only college students can compete. Right. That's so, that's crazy to me. It's pretty insane, all things considered. Like, um, there there was a period of time where they were saying there were some stats coming out, and I was looking over stuff that PUBG Mobile was actually one of the was actually the highest grossing game for a period of time, actually beating up Fortnite, and that was just the PUBG Mobile side of it, but. Um, just because of the fact of how big it is in Asia. Wow. That's, and again, that's, you know, we talked about this, I think, uh, just a little bit before the show, just how much power is in, you know, China and Asia specifically. Um, and you're kind of starting to see that with uh, Fortnite pushing into Korea, you know, for whatever reason, they brought over Chris Pratt. I guess he fits, you know, the, you know, just to sell some eyeballs. Um, and that's really cool to see, you know, this, this global push for, uh, for kind of FPS and just esports in general and trying to, to push into those, those Asian markets, but to kind of move into the topic at hand, we have the NPL and I've got some mm -hmm. questions for the man, hopefully with the answers. Go with it. I'm, day I'm ready to go. <laughs> day one, I had seen a pretty crazy clip from sharp shot from wild card gaming or you know this this guy on miramar which is the desert map for those of you who uh, aren't familiar with the name sometimes we just call it the desert map the forest map at least my friend group did that we didn't you know kind of <laughs> harp on the names which i know is 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 fairly important in uh, PUBG esports but he had a I pretty a couple friends that do that too. okay so it's, it's so it's not just us yeah <laughs> but this guy had a absolutely bonkers clip like is this is this normal? Is this something we see a lot? Like he, 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 if I remember correctly, he was defending a res from two separate teams, pinching him on like the side of a mountain. Yeah. He, he's traded. They were trying to make their way up the side of the mountain. And so they were trying to block line of sight, but they had two different teams approach them from both angles. They were already down to three people. Then as they were going for the peaks back and forth, you could see the fact that they realized that there were the other two teams that were around wildcard realized the fact that they could push in for the fight. Mm. And they started to make their way through. They got the down onto one of Sharpshot's teammates. So with this, Sharpshot just starts spinning left and right repeatedly. He has the sniper rifle, and he just, like, hits a shot, gets it down onto somebody, looks back over this way, takes a couple of shots, gets it down on that side. And he was just cycling back and forth while the res was going off back behind. He managed to buy enough time for his teammate to get res and also get meds off and also get fully back up to health, which usually takes about 40 seconds. It was him holding off this angle, and it was absolutely insane i mean he was just destroying two different teams and then uh forcing them back away to the point where they were they they should have got him i mean it was essentially three versus eight at that point Jeez. and he did such a good job damaging them out they forced them away now how how common is this i would say that uh, that style of clip happens at least once per day inside really of wow that's one of the great things about it is since there's so many people playing 
there's always this crazy moment that ends up happening. Like if you saw that, then when the there's also another clip of where Tempo Storm is playing. Mm. They uh, they came across Shoot to Kill, which is the Ex Dignitas team. Sure. And Shoot to Kill just tore them apart, burned them through all of their like down them. I think it was something crazy like like five times, four or five times. Wow. Made them burn through all of their meds. Then they had to move up to a hillside, and they had no armor, no helmets left. They had no more meds, so the only way that they were surviving is they would go for a peek, and there was another teammate back behind them. Whenever if they got hit, it was just enough to get down, regardless of the bullet. And the other person would run up pick and up. start trying to lose them. Somehow they managed to survive their way through this, get into the top ten, and it just becomes you see like it's just these four guys with no health fighting against so many other players to the point where they get in this clutch one v one by somehow managing to survive. And one of the players is actually having to run up and use one of his teammates that has been downed as a human oh shield and over to get the win. It's just like ridiculous some of the things these guys can come up with. I, I think, and this is this isn't something that necessarily surprises me because it is like it, it is such a wildly variance based game. Well, I wouldn't say variance based because I think that has not negative connotations. But there is so many different variables going around. Like there, the maps are just kind of like left kind of up to a sandbox to the players. Like I think last mm-hmm. night there was a part on, I think it was Erangel, the, the kind of foresty map where there there's like the, the bunker area and somebody like had retreated into there. One team had retreated into there and the other team was like, okay, fine. You want to go in there? We're going to park cars outside of the tunnel. So you can't escape without us knowing because you have to get in the car. And, and it's just like, that's really smart. And I'm seeing like people drive like motorcycles into like the apartments and close. And I'm like, that's really smart too. I'm like, man, these pros just like, can't can't fathom like it's just super smart and it's super cool to see that like it's 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 a fun experience it's you know not only is it competitive because you know to kind of touch on that sharpshooter clip i i do want to kind of return to that because you guys had mentioned that talking to some of the players they would rather and, and correct me if i'm misquoting you um from what i remember the quote was they would rather have four players alive and have a poor position than have a strong position with like lesser a uh, lesser amount of players i think that almost well, that, go ahead go ahead. i was gonna say that kind of depends on the team style okay like some teams they'll they'll be more brazen with it like a prime example is uh, e united or cloud nine mm. they'll just fight they don't care they'll <laughs> just they, they, if they think that they, they see somebody they'll just go third party and they have no qualms inside of that mm. um sorry i've got a train next to my you're hotel. good no worries um so other teams tend to like to play very safe sure um and so there's this naturally the more people you have alive at the late game increases your chances of if something goes wrong right you can change a rotation or get the res off or something like that so some teams will always play for survival other teams will play for position and if so if they'll they'll try to go to the center of the map because you have a, a higher mathematical likelihood of actually having a circle drop onto you based off of geometry and all this math because trust me these players like everybody's like oh but like battle royals are too like uh, rng Random. these guys like do math on every single circle and every wow. single circle size to figure out the best spots to try to get into to have the best mathematical percent chance of going to hmm. and then pick locations that can rotate to the spots that if it doesn't come to them, they can easily move to without taking too much fire. Like these guys, 
know the maps, know the math. It's ridiculously crazy. So they balance the RNG. That's why we see repeat winners so much inside of PUBG. Um, but yeah, it all just kind of comes down to style. Like some guys will loot very minimal, run into the circle, get that good spot so that way they can rotate safer. Other guys will loot forever, play on edge, not really, They'll, but that forces them to take a lot of fights and then mm -hmm. they'll make their way inside. If other teams will not shoot at all. They'll just like hide the whole game and then try to survive and go based off of placement points. But usually those teams don't do so well. Sooner or later, it's just like every game, you gotta make people start reacting to you. Exactly. And, and that was another kind of question, you know, you know because you followed it a lot more in depth than i have and you know i have all these questions and it's been super interesting at least following it for the last bit and i i probably might tune in every once in a while this is this is some fun stuff um do you, have you noticed like a, a a preferred style for pro players do they tend to be more frag heavy is that like conducive of like higher placings is playing a little more more passive focusing on rotations is that maybe a little bit more preferred what's your kind of take on that well, okay, so the best way to end up in the first place spot in any PUBG event is consistency. Mm. So if you feel like you can just absolutely murder the world and get repeat performances towards the top, that's great. Other teams, they don't, they'll, they'll either go for first or they just don't even care. So they'll play really, really aggressive. So like a prime example is Cloud9. Sure. Cloud9 had a phenomenal day one, right? Hmm. They were just killing everybody had these huge kill, kill count games but then uh they even made the comment the fact that we already we're so confident that we're going to make the npl we're just here to put on a show so they wow. were doing stuff like driving people in buggies and trying to like driving like whenever you're driving the buggy you can yeah. switch to the back of it and like shoot out of it so you saw like players that were just trying to like cloud nine players that were driving by other people and just doing the seat switch and trying to get the shots off on it just to get like cool clips which respect worthy but then on the second day that they played that kind of backfired for them. They still got some really high placements, but they also got some really low placements. Mm. So whenever you play really aggressive, there's that risk that if it goes wrong, you have to play, you have to know place. It's going right. to make up for that one bad round. And the good teams can accomplish that. The The tier right below them usually tends to wait till about like circle five to get a little bit more aggressive once okay. a couple of teams are already damaged and then try to use that point to capitalize. Something that kind of didn't dawn on me, which, you know, I, I've played a good amount of PUBG just super casually with my friends, may or may not partake in some adult beverages there, but uh, it's a way to play PUBG. It's, it's a play fun it. one. It's a, it's a definitely a fun way, you know, uh, we'll, we'll have to maybe partake in that sometime. Maybe you can teach me a thing or two, but uh, third partying is a, is a concept and is a term that made a lot of sense hearing about it specifically last night. I think there was one guy, like, I think just kind of alone in, I want to say top 10 and uh, the desk had brought up, like, you know, he can't, he can't shoot because everybody will know where he's at. Mm -hmm. Is that something, <clears throat> how do I want to frame this? Is that something that, uh, how, how do you think players necessarily weigh that, you know, do they do you think that they kind of weigh that on a case-by-case -case basis or is it like okay we really want to take that compound so like no matter what no matter the loot the gear whatever we're just going to like try to force because we know that if we control this position we're going to be able to fight in is that something that like goes into the strategy because it sounds like from what you're mentioning before 
a lot of the strategy is like planning a route, necess not necessarily like executing on specific points, not like Counter-Strike, for example. It's more of like mapping a route out on where you want to be. Well, one of the things I like to talk about on Cast a lot is how PUBG is actually a decision-based game more than anything else. Mm. Like being able to hit your shots is big and important, but I mean, a lot of good players can hit their shots. Sure. Um, so you have to have like a lot of what you're talking about tends to be very circumstantial. Mm. Like if you're still got four people up, and you want to take a place, you go take the place. If you're a solo out, sometimes that you can you can kind of mind game and strategize around it. So like sometimes you'll see a snake that has a team that's in front of them, and somehow he's managed to hide from them, and the new circle pops. They'll need to push in in front of him, so he'll slowly creep up back behind them, let them do all the fights, and once you see one of them get down, once he sees one of them get down, he'll pop up and try to wipe the rest of the squad mm. and get himself a better placement and let them take all the risk for him. But on another side of that, you'll see sometimes that somebody's trying to be too passive and wait for it, and they're just hiding inside of a bush while there's a four-man squad running by, and they just go, why are you hiding in this bush, and spray him down. There, there is a certain amount of knowledge and understanding the map and where you want to go, kind of like what you were talking about. But it comes down to, in this situation, what do I want to accomplish, and what can I potentially accomplish? You have to have... In PUBG as a competitor, you have to be aware of where your skill set lies. Mm. So, like, if you're if you're one of the great killers inside of PUBG and you're by yourself, you might take the one one v three. I mean, we've seen it happen a couple of times this week so far, where somebody just waits for that last moment and can actually one v three their way out of a situation if they're good enough. And they know they have you have to have an idea on how people are going to push over and how they're going to sure. move around the map. So. Uh, They'll do that, but if you're like one of the support players whose job in life is just to kind of like gather information, usually whenever we say support, it's a lot more of like scouting, mm -hmm. looking around, getting an idea of what's going on, making sure to watch everybody's flank whenever they're in the process of taking shots at everybody. It's it's a lot more higher pressure of a situation that it seems like whenever you say support, you know what I mean? Sure. And so if you're one of the support players, you know that you might be a little bit more passive and kind of just like let other people move around you and see what you can do to capitalize whenever the opportunity arises. So again, the, with so many teams in PUBG, different styles, I know I keep saying that, but there's so many different styles and so many different personalities. It, it, it's really interesting. Like you remember there was that period of time in Overwatch when they started talking about the colors of the team. Yeah, or yeah of, course. of course. That's a big factor inside of PUBG because you can end up with two teams that don't ever like to shoot at each other sitting right next to each other. And slowly having to like they'll they'll like walk out and go oh we see each other and then like shift away from each other but then you'll see two other teams that are like that are very aggressive that walk mm. up and they'll just see each other and it's like it's time to fight and we'll charge you know no a hundred percent and and it's that's the kind of i think you've kind of wrapped it up really nicely for me there it's like yes ogn's putting on a, a fantastically beautiful you know performance piece that the stage looks great but it's the the ability for these players to kind of uh inject their personality and their own style into the game and it is so even across the boards you will get a team and and again i don't want to speak out of school here so if i say anything off kilter please correct me if i'm wrong but you, yeah. you have a team like e united right from my understanding mm -hmm. they're a little aggro right they they go out for these kills they're a big kill team mm -hmm. and that's really really cool to me that's really cool to to see a team like them contrast um a more passive team you know that's that's kind of laying back they're they're a little bit more rotational focused um and versus you know even a, a, a theory crafted concept of just four people you know n not necessarily a team of four just like four solos that just kind of you drop in different like there's all these possibilities 
for this game. And I think that's what's really cool about it. It's yes, it's for it's aim focused. There has strategy. There there is a kind of a um, a leave it up to chance element, which is you know entertaining for some people. But you know it, it it's 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 a it is a blast to watch. I do have to say, and you guys are putting on one one hell of a show. Thank you. Now it's just a matter of fact of can my voice last the <laughs> four days that we've got going through this? It's because it's already getting to that stage. It's a little rough. You can see I've got like the water and the orange juice and the allergy <laughs> medicine over there. I, I feel you on that. The games have been pretty lit, so it, it's been killing my voice being the play-by-play guy. <laughs> now today, obviously, you know, as we're recording this, this is this is pre-call time for Metro, so he's he's got a show to do today as well. You know, uh, going into today, do we have any predictions? Anybody? Because I think Group B, a group that hasn't necessarily seen a lot of playtime, plays today and tomorrow. So I think you guys were talking about why tempt fate, you know, why are they so low? It's because they haven't played yet. So like, are they somebody to look out for? You know, this is this is kind of a uh, a selfish question because I kind of want to know so I can be like a little bit ahead on the the game here. But well, what's your uh, thoughts? I mean, why tempt fate is definitely one of the teams to watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, hands down, they almost all. But we have sixteen of the teams that have already played two days. So with that being said, why tempt fate? I think is still. They're like somewhere around 17th or 18th at the direct time. Okay. And they have, they've played half the amount of games as other players have. So that <laughs> should kind of give you an idea on what's going on. Um, also, Simplicity has only played one day, and they're presently in, I believe, second place. Wow. So the, there's a couple of these teams that, to, that we're going to be watching today, without a doubt, that are going to be very, very – I mean, Simplicity was the first team to actually get uh, two wins. Mm. Uh, I yeah, because Smoking Aces has done it as well, and I believe United has done it. So if you look at the fact that we've already had what, 12 games and we've had three repeat team winnings, so it's already six. The Half the games have already been repeat winners. That's one of the things I get really annoyed whenever people are like, oh, PUBG is so RNG. RNG. Like, uh, no, it's not really. Just good teams <laughs> can do this. Um, but uh, those would probably be my two big ones to keep an eye on. Okay. Um, a personal favorite of mine that I just really like to watch is going to be Halo Climb Gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got Machine Gunner in it, and he's just a really great guy. Um, he's uh, he's kind of like the heart and soul of the player community. You know, okay, he's one of those okay. type of people that everybody just really, really likes. Sure. Um, <clears throat> at the PGI North American Qualifier, he just put together a team, and he was playing through it, and it was very, like, last-minute kind of situation, right? Sure. So they come up, and they have, like, white shirts on where he'd gotten his fiance to like write a logo on the side Aww. of it sharpie and like done all this other stuff and uh they like they also went in you know how they listen to com sometimes mm-hmm. they were just in there at one point like singing vanessa carlton songs and just goofing off while they were playing through a qualifier for a world's event you know these guys are just really fun for lack of a better term like it's really crazy because they were sitting there they were doing this and they like we're all listening into their comms and they're singing Vanessa Carlton and then all of a sudden they get to the end of it and Gunner's like, well, fuck. Everybody else is probably having really good comms and doing call-outs in the road. You're singing like, no wonder we're not going to be qualifying for Berlin. And uh, they actually ended up winning that round and it was crazy because when they did, like all of the players got up and clapped for them uh, just Aww. because of the fact that everybody was doing so much. But uh, he actually took some time off and now is back inside the scene, rebuilt another team like four days beforehand and they're actually doing really well. I believe that they're in the top 16 and potentially going to qualify for the MPL at this stage. They're playing today as well with a player named Back, who is just 
he did like it's spelled b-a-k-k but it's kind of funny he plays so well you almost think that he's going to end up getting a backhand on steam right but he is just (laughs) ridiculously good hmm all right i'm gonna have to keep eyes up they gave me a jersey oh okay well you know slightly biased that was helpful (laughs) that's fair And, Um, and you mentioned simplicity which correct me if i'm wrong um, mm-hmm. is a team that had to qualify to play here. Now, Correct. this is this is a kind of invite-slash-qualification-based preseason. So is it kind of surprising that some of these, you know, this teams in particular, are these names that, you know, uh, we should know? Or is it kind of a surprise? Is it kind of like an underdog story, seeing them kind of really surge up? Uh, simplicity was a lot of people's, like, going into it, they were expecting Dark Horse-style position mm. to make it in the NPL. Okay. Um, they were just like, okay, hey, we expect you guys to get, like, somewhere between that 12th, uh, like, I'd say somewhere between, like, 5th and 12th. You know, nobody knew where they were really going to fall. Sure. But that being everybody knew that they were a good team. It's kind of like there's a couple of teams that played through their way through the qualifiers that were just, are very good. And Mm. so we knew that they were going to be good. Naturally, the guys that tend to play through qualifiers in PUBG, we also tend to notice, tend to be a little bit more hungry for it whenever Mm. they get to the main stage. Okay. Um, a couple of the invited teams were selected based off of things like making it to PGI Berlin, the sure. world event, different things along those lines. And so it's not surprising that some of the teams that have had to do a lot of roster swaps, like a prime example, Team Gates is here and they qualified due to that reason. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they got invited due to that reason, but they don't even have the same roster that they had ah. back whenever they were at Berlin. So uh, it's not surprising that some of the qualified teams are actually doing better than some of the invited teams. Okay. All right, that's good to know. You know, it is, you know, it's still got a little bit of that esports, you know, shenanigans to it at times. You know, you, you get yeah, the invited I mean, like, team. Sometimes the the teams end up falling apart. So it's you kind of did invite them, but you know, the team had its its problems and had to change. So, yeah. what were you gonna say? Oh no, I was just gonna say it's a. Uh, I often really enjoy. Hold on, I think I've got my vibrate on my phone to me. Turn that down. Yeah, good. No there we go. Now it's not going to vibrate every single time to me. So I <laughs> well, I say that now. I'll, I'll just say that. So, what I was going to say is that uh, there's definitely going to be several teams inside the people that ran through the qualifier making it to preseason sure. that are going to 100% blow it out of the water. and going to do so well that they're probably going to get signed off of stuff and that's kind of one of the things in north america that we've been kind of waiting for is to have a chance to see some of these teams really get a chance to show themselves Mm. because there was a period of time where everything was kind of invite only you know whenever it got into some of the lands so it's nice to see people that have that opportunity and in a logical strategy you know what i mean everybody's had their chance to play like there was something along the lines like you had to get you got 12 rounds to go through this round and you got yeah like there were a certain amount of rounds that you could play through every sure. day to make your way through and that's going to be a reoccurring theme inside of this it's going to be like the old school lcs style with pub g league to where new faces and new teams are always going to have a chance uh, to make their way early okay every single split and each split's only like three months so i really like that so it keeps it, everybody on their toes and innovating people are kind of churned if they're not you know up to snuff that they will kind of be relegated down and of course in that same fashion you can always make your way back so it in a sense yeah i kind of like that you know you still have the the impact of you know 
last place. Like you, it's not good really at all for anybody to be last place, but it still gives the org some kind of fallback that like, yeah, if you make the right changes, there is a quick turnaround. You can kind of jump back if, if, you know, you choose to kind of keep, keep uh, your team afloat, I should say, which is cool. And that's kind of one of the other reasons we were talking about the org stuff earlier. Yeah. Um, we've kind of moved out of that world of relegations. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Everybody like gets their spot. And then regardless, they have the safety of having a team in that location. Like we've seen the, like league make that switch over naturally overwatch has a similar right. system. Um, I think that that was probably also one of the hesitancy points coming through whenever everybody talks about like how RNG battle Royales are. And then now there's like this relegation system. I think that did scare a couple of orgs, but once they start seeing the stability that some of these teams can provide, mm. I think that they'll be, that's good. That's good because this is, um, this is an esport that I think has a lot of a lot of legs to stand on. You know, I, I think, like we've mentioned previously, like you've mentioned previously, um, you know, it's it's wildly popular in the east. All I can hear, just kind of speaking to some of the the Chinese members, um, in the Overwatch community, um, PUBG's real big out there and. I think you could probably add some some anecdotes there as well. Like, have you heard any any fun little little tidbits coming from China? Like, any strange numbers that you just kind of like had to raise an eyebrow at? Well, I mean, naturally there are some. Whenever you talk about Chinese numbers, they're always they're always hard to measure exactly. Right? Sure. So, um, but I mean. There's a lot of very interesting stuff happening inside the Chinese scene, without a doubt. Mm. The, there's been a couple of really weird moments where, like, they were worried, like China's throwing out statements like, "We don't like how battle royales promote like uh, minds, our mindsets and ideals that are not similar sure. to the Chinese national view." But then, nothing's ever going to really happen with those. Like, it, it's like one of those pop things that, that pops up on Reddit, and everybody's just like, "Oh my god." Oh, no. Fortnite PUBG, you're not going to be able to be played. No, that, that, and then it goes away like two seconds later. Right. But um, the Chinese scene is going to be huge because mm. that's the whole thing. It's like naturally we're starting the MPL over here. Talked about the PEL. Right. There's going there's going to be I think something along the lines of oh my gosh I'm I, I'm going to I'm going to quote this wrong but I think it's eight different major regions. Wow. And there's going to be a ton of minor regions. So naturally we've got China, Korea, Europe. North America, South America. Mm. Uh, I think that there's a Middle East, and then there's like a Oceanic region. Really? So like it's just it like it's going to be a worldwide style stuff. So whenever we move into actual worlds, we're going to have all of the winners from these regions compiling together, which is going to be really cool. beautiful. I love like worlds. You know, I don't follow league too much anymore. I probably will have to start doing so now. Um, but worlds is always something you you know even if you're not a league fan it, and you're a fan of another yeah. esport you gotta you gotta at least check it out tune in for a couple maps pick a team follow them throughout their run like it is just kind of like a big phenomena like in, in ti i know some people like i'm not a fan of dota i don't play it it's hard for me to kind of even figure out what's going on but you gotta watch it you know it's it is such a big push and you know i hope that PUBG worlds you know um that that can be another one of those things that we we as just an an overall esports community can just gravitate towards and be like cool like this is another fun event that we can just have on our calendars to watch or to to support or visit you know it's really really cool if you look at the spectacle that ogn is already already bringing right like all the reality stuff that they're doing the venue that they have 
and then you look back to PGI Berlin. That was a ridiculous event. That, that was like, crazy. People that were doing like if you remember, there was like those actors coming mm-hmm. out like with the guns and they were rappelling down from the ceiling for. And they had like orchestras play. It's going to be a thing without a doubt. Now, how it's going to look this time around, I have no idea, but I'm already excited about it just after seeing how the last world's event was. It's, it's, it's fun as fun can get just kind of entrenching, starting to, you know, lightly dabble into another kind of, um, I don't know if I would say budding, but an esport that's really starting to, to really kick up the gears. Like, is this, would you say that this is the kind of event horizon that PUBG's facing in the same way that Overwatch had to had to get the Overwatch League or like League got the LCS era? Is this kind of the PUBG League era for PUBG, would you say? I think that with OGN's backing and the amount of production value that they're bringing into it, mm. as well as what's going to be happening in Europe, sure. Korea, China, I, I think that it's going to be on an uptick without a doubt. The biggest problem that I think that uh, PUBG faced is the hashtag esports ready meme that happened like a year sure. ago or so. Yeah. You know, once, once that mindset kind of entrenches, people just go, oh, there's no way for this to happen. Right. And naturally, win back. There, like, there's been two specific things that have kind of happened that caused some battle royale. Like, people have a bad idea about battle royales in general. Sure. She's had a couple of poorly run events with poor spectating that makes just a struggle to watch. Um, H1Z1 League was problematic. We talked about that. True. And then Fortnite has that very loose eSports system, you know, and then they've got like their planes flying around and then they bring out like these boom boxes and all this crazy stuff mm-hmm. where like the day of an event. So it's kind of created this issue where people think that there are certain, there are certain factors that go into Battle Royale eSports that aren't actually there if you start actually watching enough. Like the, like we, I've been joking about the, the two RNG meme. Yeah. You can talk to most people and even most like Fortnite and PUBG streamers and they're like, oh, yeah, it's just so RNG. It's like just really hard to win repeatedly. But then if you go and actually start watching PUBG, PUBG official events, yes. again, you see repeat winners happen a lot because they understand how to make all the RNG stuff work towards their favor or how to adapt to it based off of good decision making. Another thing that, you know, to kind of wrap up, because, again, I don't want to burn your voice out too much longer and i know that you have a meeting at some point to to get to so i don't want to you know tell me whenever you know time's up but somebody kind of posed this to me uh, recently in the overwatch community i thought it was really interesting that uh, battle rails is a lot like poker where it's it's it is about the most efficient play possible would you say that's kind of accurate oh without a doubt Hmm. there's uh, there's a ton of like the the comparisons to poker happens a lot. Oh, okay. Uh, mainly because there's a lot of stuff like, uh, uh, like okay, as a prime example, at the start of the game, sometimes you'll have a player that'll go and scout a building that they think is strong, and it'll only be one player there. And then like a group of cars will step up, and that one guy will just start spraying at all of the cars, trying to make it seem like there's four there's, people there. Right. So he's kind of like bluffing his position, like don't come here and fight me because <laughs> there's two of you, you're gonna die. But it's exactly like what you're talking about. Uh, that goes back to that decision-making process mm. that, that kind of establishes how PUBG is played is sometimes you do get dealt a, dealt a bad hand. And how do you adapt to that? Like, like, are you going to try to bluff it? Or are you going to try to play it? Do you think that you can mind game your way out of the other people and still somehow manage to come up with a win? And it happens. Like, really good teams can take a hard circle shift away from them and go, 
all right, this is the way we're going to approach it. And they come in with a good plan. Like a lot of these guys study military strategy because it actually really yeah, applies. It, I guess it would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Terrain. You have to know terrain. You have to know breaching. You have to know how to handle these different angles. It, it, it's really cool to see how it plays out. The guys that really do their homework and really learn how to use the terrain in the map and good communication can just overcome in almost insurmountable odds. It's just crazy to see. You're selling me, Matchroom. You're selling me, dude. I don't know. I'm gonna have. I, I might have to step in. Like this is really, really cool. I'm. I'm having a blast watching NPL, and you guys are absolutely killing it. Uh, you know, last you. thing. Last thing. You know. The Overwatch community, even the League of Legends community, we lament the passing of of OGN. You know, from the mm -hmm. the greener grass. Could you could you tell us what what's it like? What's it like working with OGN? Um, all right. As much as you can, as much as you can. Uh, this might make it hard to get other gigs, but a hundred percent tell you that it is the best organization that I have worked with. And wow. that's no, that's no like smoke up anybody's ass. It's just there. The, there's naturally, since we do have a lot of Korean people that are coming down, sometimes you do have a little bit of sure. a language barrier. Cause you're like, Hey, you know, I kind of want to have like the map at this stage. And so you have to tell a translator mm. that then talks to the director that then relays it back over the specs. So, you know, there's like this process to go through, but as far as how they treat all the players, it's amazing the way that they've come through and tried to figure out, take care of the problems that PUBG faces. Cause like naturally there is a slower part of the game at the start. So they're trying to figure out ways to solve that. They're trying to like make the analyst desk as exciting as possible. They're just, they're always thinking of new ideas and trying to make sure to push it as far as they can while treating everybody with the utmost respect and making sure to take care of everybody. You know what I mean? And that's like, like I said, I was talking about just I had a cough and they just bring me like, here's some green tea or as a prime example, we'll get done with the cast and like, we'll get done. I think it's about 1040 here. So mm -hmm. sometimes I'll misses dinner. And so whenever we get done, suddenly there's just people that show up and it's like, Hey, we know it's after dinner time, but we went ahead and sent somebody else to get food. So here's you guys something to take back to the hotel. You know, it's just, it's all these little touches on how they just try to take care of everybody around them and lets them, let them know that they're invested in everybody's success. That just feels really good to work with. It just sounds really cool. Like I want, I want somebody to bring me food. That's amazing. Like even well, with, I, I mean, I make it sound like, Oh, they're just giving me all these things. No. So I love them. <laughs> like it's even just listening to feedback. There's just so many things to list. It's just, they, it just, they think they think of everything, you know what I mean? It's just really nice. And, and that's a, it's a really fine touch to kind of hear behind the scenes because, you know, as esports fans, we see what OGN can do in front of the screen, but behind the scenes, mm -hmm. you, you hear that they're, you know, really tentative on taking care of their talent. They're tentative on taking care of the players. Like they're open to feedback. Like this is, this is what, you know, people are like kind of are, are rooting for. I got a great story that doesn't sure. even pertain to me. That'll okay. let you know how I would do this, right? <laughs> so I, I worked the OSM event, which was their launch. It was like a streamer launchy style of event for their new arena. Sure. Um, apparently one of their, somebody in the back, had been chewing gum and actually just spit it out on the floor in front of the seating area. Why? I don't know. But like uh, me and another one of the casters, Horasaurus, we saw this and we were like, oh, hey, we need something to clean. The CEO of OGM was there 
sees what we're talking about and runs over and starts trying to pick it up with his fingernails. Like he's like prying it up. That's been dried on there. And like, Jeez. we're coming over with like napkins and things that scrape it off. And he's like, no, 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 no. This is my venue. I want to make, I, I'll take care of it. Thank, uh, thank you for noticing it kind of situation. Mm. These guys are just like, you can, they just care so much and they just want right. to do a great job. And it's like all the way at the top of the organization, all the way down. That's uh like it's such a it's such a sweetheart story. Like I I I hope PUBG just does well for them. I hope it does well for you guys. Like like it, it, I can't you can't help but enjoy. Like it's such a heartwarming story from just like a a longtime esports fan and even people that are kind of new. You know they they fell in love with the Apex and they fell in love with you know LCK and and champions or whatever. And they know OGN and, and to hear that kind of stuff is, uh, I, I think it's going to be really cool for people. But, you know, again, don't want to take up too much more of your time. You know, let the people know what's what's going on with you. Where can they find you? And uh, when can they tune into uh, NPL? Uh, NPL right now is every day at 8, all right, yeah, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Sorry, I'm used to being in central time zone, so I have to think <laughs> that one. Uh, it's actually on Facebook. It's on uh, YouTube under OGN Esports. It's under Twitch under OGN Esports and Play Battlegrounds. And it's it, it's on like six other things and I don't know all the tags just off Jeez. the top of my head. But pretty much if there's a streaming platform you want to watch it on, just try to find OGN or a Battlegrounds stream and it'll be on there. Awesome. And, and you know, again, I have your Twitter linked below, but, you know, if there's anybody else you want to kind of give a shout out to or, you know, the last little bit's yours, whatever you want to say. All the other casters, 100% hands down, uh, that, that are working on the OGN stuff right now with NPL. Give them some love. Uh, we're, we're doing, we're actually trying new stuff. Like if you notice, we're doing the Korean style tricast. It's a little bit different. So uh, we're trying to bring that over. And so the other two casters I work with, Rip uh, or RuPaul and uh, Mike slash Porosaurus uh, NA, which also did some Overwatch casting back in the day. You might remember I them. do, I uh, do. Uh, They've been, both been working on that with me. And actually, Toffee's Cam on the analyst desk, and Seltzer, please, we've got as the analyst. You can't, you can't not. You don't know, know who Seltzer is. You're wrong. Yeah, I mean, if you if you don't know who Seltzer <laughs> is, you're wrong. So it, it's just a really crazy good crew to work with. Like we come back and we start joking about anime and like sci-fi movies and all this other shit. So please make sure you guys give them some love as well. Awesome. And again, you know, follow everybody down below. I'll try to find everybody's Twitter and I'll link them down. They, they definitely deserve all the love and adoration is that you can give them. But yeah, this has been, uh, I think episode six or seven of Del further. We'll, we'll, we'll break, we'll break a kayfabe here and, and ruin the joke. But, uh, until next time guys, you know, take care and go watch some PUBG. <laughs>